0: All right, guys, we are back with Rachel this week. I am so excited for you guys to just get to reconnect with her. I feel like, you know, we had the maternity leave and then we had another little break. And so just really pumped for you to hear where she is and what's going on. And I think, you know, just really get to see the behind the scenes. Like that's what literally is all about, obviously. But I think that this season has just been so beautiful and so real in showing that we all go through challenges in business. It can be really hard to show up. There can be different things coming up. And what do we do with that? What's the best way we can handle it? The best way for Rachel might not be the best way for you, but I think it's just so permission giving, um, to be able to hear where she's at and what's been going on with her. So really just insanely grateful to her for, you know, being willing to share all of this and so grateful to all of you for listening. So let's dive in. All right, my dear, what's going on? Hi, it's been crazy. <laughs> it's been a crazy few weeks. I can't even imagine. I mean, I feel like, like for everyone's context, we're recording this, uh, while the election is still in flux on yeah. November 7th. So it's been a crazy week for, I think our oh, yeah. whole country, or ho- whole world maybe, but I mean, uh, whole plus world. New the baby l- on top of all that, right? New baby, yeah
1: like the longest Tuesday in the world. And then, yeah. (laughs) The Tuesday that never ends. Yes. And then the baby. Um, and I'm in Georgia too. so It's been especially exciting here.
0: Right.
1: So, but yeah, I think I underestimated going from one kid to two. (laughs) Yeah. It's been wonderful, but it's definitely been more challenging. Um, and I can't remember if we talked about this last time or not, but, Like, we're going to get a nanny. We're looking for a nanny. And that's also just been challenging to even have time to do that Mm -hmm. while looking after two little ones. Um, But the exciting news is my husband got hired full-time at his job. So, yay!
0: That's so exciting. It's so
1: nice. So exciting. We're going to have health insurance through his job, which is, like, a big weight off our shoulders because I – I had healthcare through the exchange and he had private healthcare and it's expensive. And so we're just, we're glad to, to have that kind of worry taken off of us too. And, and we don't have the uncertainty anymore of like his contract getting renewed every few months and will they
0: renew it or not? And so we feel a lot better. Oh my gosh. That's (laughs) so amazing. And I feel like with beautiful timing, right? Like just as you're being like, Oh my gosh, like I maybe underestimated like the intensity mm-hmm. of two to have that come through. I feel like really makes it yeah. uh so much more stabilizing, right? I mean, not that it's not still hard, but just to like have that come through is so beautiful. It's great. It's
1: great. I mean, it's like one less thing we have to think about or worry mm-hmm. about. And um yeah, so we're really happy about that. So yeah, I've been I've been working on the course that I want to launch, which has been fun and exciting. And, you know, it's funny because I felt like the biggest hurdle was just getting started with Mm -hmm. it and like putting an outline on paper. And I sent you that outline last week and like felt so much better after I did that. And now I'm, I've made my list of like everything I, I think I need to do. And I'm going to upload that to you also (laughs) to, to get it ready for launch and then, um like, what I can have the VA take care of, too, because I think sometimes I forget that I have her and I can lean on her, so. <laughs> totally. Well, and you
0: already have a yeah. lot of the content, too, so that's especially mm-hmm. so helpful,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah, because I have the content from the course I did – gosh, was that last year? And, and a lot of it is just kind of reworking it into this new context and format, and so that's really great, too, because I – I'll have to shoot new videos, but I can, um, like, I don't have to write a lot for Mm -hmm. it. So that's good.
0: So good. And, I mean, listen, I think that, like, this is almost, like, exactly what we talked about, which is, like, you, like, doing what you can and just feeling good moving forward on what you can, right? And, like, Mm -hmm. so just, like, giving yourself that, like, credit for being, like, it felt so good to even, like, get an outline down. Like, that's so valuable. Yeah, yeah.
1: It really – It really is. And, you know, I think in the times where I start to be like, oh, I I need to be doing more. I come back to that of like, but I got this done and it's still valuable. And I'm moving towards, you know, getting this course completed and launched and all of that. It just, you know, is a little bit slower of a timeline right now.
0: Yeah. Well, and you were saying like, you know, just like even underestimating like how much uh, mm-hmm. baby wants to be held all the time, so just like oh gosh, even yeah. like um uh, you know carving out the time for you to do that is probably huge,
1: right, yeah, yeah, and it's you know, I'll think I've found a solution like i was I was wearing him in a carrier and like rigged up a standing desk for myself, and like that worked for a day or two, and then he just did not want to be in the carrier anymore. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
0: He was he's like, no, a, never mind.
1: Yeah. He's like, no, I don't like this. But, um, yeah, he's in the stage right now where he just wants to be held constantly. And I'll put him down and he'll be fine for five minutes and then want to be held again. So I get lots of snuggles, though. It's yeah.
0: <laughs> you have, like, a perspective on that. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. Okay, cool. So tell me where you feel like you're wanting the most support with kind of like course stuff. I know you said 2021, ponding a little bit. Just give me a little rundown.
1: Yeah. I I don't have my notes in front of me of what I sent you. But yeah, I think I was looking back at what I had planned for 2020, which is kind of funny now, seeing how the year has turned out. (laughs) Because I don't even think I was pregnant when I wrote this. <laughs> but it's funny because the course, uh, was definitely on there mm-hmm. and, um, let's see, what else did I have? I had talked about maybe a group program and I think we, I had talked with you, like I'm going to launch the course first as a self-guided thing, gotcha. but then maybe later in the year once, you know, we, we have a nanny and, and more time actually running it more like a group program. And then I've kind of got challenges scheduled in there too, so i think I think I could probably just for as far as twenty twenty one planning kind of look at what I had last year and kind of regurgitate <laughs> for lack of a better word, you know what I had planned for this year before the world was crazy and and then I got pregnant and had a baby, so I think the biggest thing for me is like. One is just launching a course and how do you, you know, I've seen people do launches where, you know, they're launching something live that has dates associated with it. And, you know, I don't really know how that works with a self-guided course. Like, how do we create that urgency For something that's really available all the time or do I like open the doors and close the doors to it? I don't really, I haven't really done anything like this before. I've, I kind of just sold the course last time with a very, um, like unofficial launch. (laughs) So this will be probably my first real launch.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, I think there's a couple different ways to think about it. One is that, you know, the, the value of launching with an end date is that there's urgency. The value of having something that's evergreen is you can just talk about it endlessly. Right. So like, Mm -hmm. like it's just a little bit of a trade off, if that makes sense. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Where one isn't so much better than the other. It's just different. Okay. So like with all things I talk about on literally is of course, there are just pluses and minuses to launching something with an actual closed car and start date and having something that's more evergreen and always open. I think that it very much depends on your business model, your audience, and what works best for you. But I do think there are just pluses and minuses to each. And it's really important to name that. I feel like where a lot of people get tripped up in business is they think there's one perfect business model and if they would just find it, all of their problems would go away kind of thing. And what I know to be true after doing this for, you know, over five years, and being in business, uh, longer than that is that there's really just picking the model that fits you best with the trade-offs that make the most sense for you. And so I just really wanted to say that because as I was telling Rachel, like obviously there, there is a benefit to urgency and current clothes and that excitement. And there's a huge benefit to evergreen and having something that, you know, you can sell long-term. So really look at that in your own business. Where are you kind of chasing that perfect model versus where can you decide what trade-offs end? benefits are the best for you. For Rachel, obviously the evergreen model just makes the most sense right now instead of for going into, you know, a big launch situation, both in terms of uh capacity, audience, long-term sales, all of that just makes the most sense. But that doesn't mean that's true for you. So give yourself that opportunity to kind of see what fits best there and remember that there are trade-offs and bonuses and benefits to all of it. Mm -hmm. Um and so I think like the thing that The thing that's true about what you're selling is that sometimes when people want to buy is when that pain point really hits them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Do you see what I mean? They're like, you know, all of a sudden I am like, like become super stressed about budgeting and like realize I'm not doing it, that kind of thing. So I think like that might be just the the piece to talk to a ton, which is like, hey, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a moment where you're like, oh my God, like I have to do this course. Like, let me Mm -hmm. tell you about it kind of thing. Um, certainly you could launch with some kind of bonus that's time sensitive so that there's um, urgency associated with it, but that you can keep selling it. I'm just making this up, but like you may launch mm-hmm. in the first like, you know, two weeks, every single person who buys also gets a 45 minute session with you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I like that. Or whatever. I mean, you might not be at a place where you want to do sessions yet. So that's just an example, but like Or they get some additional training or whatever. Mm -hmm, So there mm -hmm. is like an urgency ad there, but we're not saying like we're closing cart. I don't think that makes sense for you right Mm -hmm. now in the sense that like I think you're questioning like how much time do you have for one-on-one, which we can talk about next. But Mm -hmm. point being like you want something you can always default to selling. And so Mm -hmm. if it's not going to be one-on-one, we certainly want it to be the course. Does that make sense? So something really important here that I just want to touch on that I think is so true and important for everyone's business is to always have that thing that you can default back to sales-wise. So sometimes where I feel like people get tripped up is they're kind of always trying to figure out like, you know, what do I sell next? What What's the next thing? And what I really teach my clients is that we have like this baseline thing that we can always default back to. And then we might do different things on top of that, right? Like, Your baseline might be one-on-one, but right now you're launching a course. And when that course launches over, you go back to one-on-one or your baseline might be, you know, like an evergreen course. And then you have a time where you're launching a mastermind and then you go back to the evergreen of the course, whatever that is. But making sure that you always know what your default is, is so, so helpful because when you don't, what can happen is you end up going stretches of time in your business without selling between launches or without knowing what your default should be and it actually costs you sales and it ultimately I think creates less of a income over time because you're just not having that theme to kind of fall back on super quickly. And so whether that's one-on-one for you, like if you're just constantly defaulting to selling one-on-one, you know, you might do a Black Friday sale, but you're defaulting back to that group. Or if it's more like an evergreen course like this, like where you just open up one-on-one here and there or a mastermind here and there, whatever that is, that really is helpful at all levels of business to have that baseline that you can come back to so that you're always focused on sales no matter what. So check that out in your own business model. Make sure you know what that default is sales-wise and make sure it's working for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. And it's funny, um, the thing you said about when the pain point hits them, because I've definitely experienced that Like as a mom, like I bought a toddler course because we were having challenges right. with our toddler and so they kind of have it, you know, they have it for sale all the time and I bought it when I needed it. So yeah, I like that.
0: I think that's helpful sometimes with things like that. Like you were saying, like it, you know, when if they decided to launch the toddler course, like that might have hit you in a different way, but the pain point might not have been the same at the time, all that kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So again, it's just like pluses and minuses to it, but I think you could really make that work in terms of like really speaking to the idea that there's going to be a time where you're like, you know, this is for you and you know it because it looks like this and it feels like this and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot.
1: And I think my other question also, because I know we're coming up on like Thanksgiving and Black Friday and and all that stuff. And I mean, this isn't going to be ready by then at all. I'm going to be realistic about that. I'm hoping like the actual course will be ready by the end of the year, but I'm wondering if I could like, if I could get my act together, pre-sell it or, or do something to kind of help lead into it around that kind of uh, Black Friday sale sort of time.
0: Um, well, first of all, I just have to be like, I'm so proud of you because I feel like <laughs> Old you would have been like, I'll just figure it out and get it done by Black Friday, no matter what, and then have been so fucking stressed. So, like, yes. I think that's, like, beautiful to just give yourself that permission, right? Yes. <laughs> it feels good. <laughs> I mean, a couple options. Like, one option that I would say is just to to promote a wait list,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, where you're not even having to, like, do a sale as much as just getting people listed as interested. Um, And certainly we can reach out to them in different ways. I mean, that that doesn't have to be it. If you're like, I'm really wanting to like, you know, make some sales, then we can talk about that too. But Mm -hmm. the reason I say that is because I feel like the problem with Black Friday is it's just super fucking noisy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so sometimes doing the different thing can be really helpful there too. You know, because that that urgency of like, I want to buy something right now is like, You know, they might not want to buy something that they have to wait on for a really long time, but they might be really inclined to like get on a wait list and get a special discount code for something Mm. they know is coming or whatever. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that does, and I like that. I also think the nature of what I'm selling to like might not be something, you know, because you're you're buying gifts for everybody at right. the holidays on Black Friday, and then this is like about how to get a handle on your money. So this they're gonna want and need January first totally. <laughs> after
0: they've spent all the money on on holidays. Well, <laughs> so, and I mean, like obviously, yeah. like you want to make money in this business, so it's not yeah. to make light of that. But I I will say, like, you know, you're. In many ways, you're putting yourself in a really good position. Like if you took November and December where people are spending a lot and did like a couple great free trainings or something, mm-hmm. yeah, built a really wait list, list. Mm-hmm. got people really excited, then from the wait list, you can still be selling one-on-one when you're ready too. I mean, like fundamentally, like we can make it for the course, but it doesn't mean we can't pitch them <laughs> yeah, yeah. one-on-one either. So that's something to think about. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that too. Okay. So if you've been consuming my content for any length of time, you may know this, but it's really valuable to say here, which is I love a waitlist. <laughs> I think a waitlist is a great way to build and gauge interest over time. I have a lot of my clients use waitlist models in a lot of different ways. But I think what's so, so helpful about it is that ultimately it shows you who your warm leads are, right? So it takes like a big group of people and it whittles them down to say like, Hey, here are the people who are saying they're most interested and it helps you serve them really, really, really well and connect with them really deeply. So for me, like I have a wait list for my one-on-one coaching and those are the people I'm like making videos for, I'm doing Q and E's for each month, I'm trying to connect with on social media and really make an effort with, because I know that they're the most interested. And so I want to be the most interested back, right? Like I want that exchange. And so the wait list is really helpful, especially if you're going to launch and you want to see like, where's the interest there before I launch and build this thing, before I run at it and to build up interest over time. So You know, if, if Rachel knows this course isn't going to be done until, you know, late December, early Jan, well, great. That's super smart for her to build a waitlist in the meantime because she's creating interest and excitement and able to deeply connect with those people while she builds it. What most people do is kind of like build it, don't say anything about it. Then it's all ready. And then they have to go out and create the interest and urgency and excitement and all of that. And it feels like so much more of a heavy lift versus creating it the whole time you're building. So whether you use one-on-one or courses or masterminds or group programs, I think a wait list can work for all of it. And I think it is a super, super helpful way to run things.
1: And I know we had talked a little bit on base camp about like making sure that the course also leads into one-on-one and I'm thinking, so I have, I'm, I have member vault and with that, although I'm looking for a new uh, newsletter vendor, but the last time I did this course, I think I had convert kit. And so I did like emails with each, a lesson or with each module and then, you know, had like at the end of the course, that last email, they got kind of fed into like, if you want to go further one-on-one, mm. I don't know if there's like more ways I need to be pushing that. I don't know. I guess I just want to make sure it doesn't get lost. Like
0: we were saying, I think the yeah. biggest thing is, and this is sort of, I think where we had had left off that conversation, but is they really need to understand why this, then that, mm-hmm. right? Like, so that that even, like, woven throughout the course is important, mm-hmm. right? Just, like, being clear, like, okay, well, I'm teaching you this here. If you wanted to get X, Y, Z support, you could do that here kind of thing. Like, just help them mm-hmm. understand what's for what, so to speak, right? Yeah, yeah. That's really really valuable because then they start to understand like the process. Versus sometimes if we give them the whole course and then at the end we're like, hey, and if you want one more one more one on one, let me know. They're kind of like, well, I don't like, I don't know mm-hmm. what would that be for. I'm not sure what would I like. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just yeah, kind of like sense. walk me through that. Like, where do you feel like that intersection of like where the course is helpful, but then where they need to add one on one?
1: Yeah, I think the course is helpful with like. Just getting started looking at their money, you know, helping them, like helping not demystify, but take away some of the fear around looking at their money and giving them a system to, to really get a handle on things and feel like they're in, in more control. And then they, I do some like mindset work in there too. There's a, a whole module on mindset, but it's really just sort of the first like uncovering of what's your money story and how is that impacting how you're handling your money. And then working one-on-one with me is really that more personalized support that, that they're getting, they're getting somebody with their eyes, you know, someone else with eyes on their money, helping them, you know, prioritize and see where they need to, you know, shift focus based on their goals. Um, Cause with the course they've got like, the budgeting blueprint and um, you know, the system that I like to use for budgeting and, and how to track spending and all of that. But they don't have, have somebody holding them accountable and they don't have somebody really like personalizing a budget and a plan for them. So that's what they get in the one-on-one, you know, plus, Kind of continued deep diving into the mindset work and, and really customized for them and for their unique, um, uh, experience. So, you know, for their business and for their, their personal experience.
0: So I think kind of what we're saying is that the course is more like the introductory into mm-hmm. If you've never thought about money
1: <laughs> right,
0: or right. looked at it, here's how to do that. The one-on-one is tailored to you're really ready to, like, fully own, take control, and budget really consistently. Yeah. Yeah. So I think just, like, having different outcomes, even, like, the outcome of the course is to feel really, like, clear and empowered around money. The outcome of one-on-one is to, like, make more, save more, all of that kind of stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And so that helps because sometimes it gets confusing when we sell the same outcome. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Also, I think this is a bit of a side note, but it's relevant to say, which is like, I I think that sometimes it's part of like what's wrong with our course industry online too, is that we make these like huge – Grand promises that are equal to one-on-one and then people are disappointed. So I Mm -hmm. think that, you know, just being like, listen, like what you're going to get is a new perspective on money. You're going to feel really empowered around it. You're going to understand it in a way you never have. You're going to feel more supported to look at it. And one-on-one, that's where you're like actually making more. You're actually Mm -hmm. saving more. You're actually getting through all of the deep dive,
1: Mm -hmm. um,
0: gunk in your head kind of thing, right? So something that Rachel and I were talking about that's really valuable to think about in your own business is creating differing outcomes between your offers. Personally, I think what I was mentioning to Rachel briefly that I think that's one of the huge issues in our industry and why, you know, people get very disheartened by a lot of courses is because I think sometimes, you know, the course promise is, you know, so much bigger, then maybe is relevant for a course that people kind of feel disappointed versus having the ability to be very clear, like, Hey, realistically, this is what this course is going to deliver you. Realistically, this is what one-on-one is going to deliver you. Obviously, like the marketing is maybe slightly less sexy when the promise isn't as huge, but I really feel like if we can create those differing outcomes and just be really clear about what people are going to get at each stage and not feel like the course has to be a replacement for everything they'll get and learn in one-on-one we're really building more trust with our audience and we're walking them through a process and we're making it so they're much less likely to be you know, disheartened with the course at the end of it because the promise was always super clear. So I really think that that's just important both on the course level and in terms of a sales funnel level, like having differing outcomes so that your people can move between your offers is also really, really valuable business model-wise. So I think it works both in terms of marketing, I think it helps create happy customers long-term, and I think it helps build out your sales funnel. So just look at that in your own business. Make sure those outcomes really do differ amongst your offers. Is that right? Outcomes differ amongst your offers, yes. (laughs) Make sure that's really true in your own business. Check on that and feel free to market to that. Like you shouldn't have to have the same outcome for all of your offers, though it may be similar. It really is valuable for there to be differential there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense. And that, that just helps make it really clear, like what, what's for what. Cause, you know, I've, yeah, they're, they're going to feel empowered and gain a new perspective. Um, but it really is the one-on-one. I think, you know, that will be the make more, save more. I forget my third thing. <laughs> But yeah,
0: (laughs) for sure. And I think that, you know, ultimately, you're pricing it at a price point where that's a worthwhile, Mm. like, outcome. Do you know what I mean? To feel, like, Mm -hmm. empowered and clear and whatever Mm -hmm. in the in that range, you know, versus, like, to make more, save more, blah, blah, blah. Right. Those just have different values, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That makes so much sense. So effectively, I think, like, the decision for you, and this is – you know, not not to say that it has to be like so one or the other, but I think it's just like a good piece is like, do you feel like you'd rather default to selling this primarily and have one-on-one be like a maybe upsell from this kind of thing, but not like an outward thing in the same way? Or like, what are you thinking with that?
1: Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about it. And I think right now the course – would definitely be what I'm selling more of because Mm -hmm. I just don't have a lot of time and bandwidth right now for one-on-one and, and we can talk more about that now too. But I think as I, as Toby gets older and, and Zoe gets older and like, and even in, like, a few months, it's going to be totally different than it is now. And I'll For probably sure. have more time. And then, you know, if daycares open up again, I mean, they're open. But if I feel comfortable sending them to daycare, you know, it's only – I'm only going to get more time as time goes on. So I feel like I can open up more one-on-one spots kind of as as I get more bandwidth, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So basically, like, um I think that – the, the point would be like, this is the default. And then like, yeah. people who go through this, obviously we can have a stronger sequence to upsell them. If you have space, you can say yes. If you don't, you can put them on a wait list kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that.
1: I think that that makes a lot of sense. And it's, it feels good right now. Cause I, can keep the momentum going is something I'm excited about selling. And I think I can reach a lot of people with it. Whereas the one-on-one, you know, I can't, well, I think with any one-on-one you're making a smaller impact because it's (laughs) one-on-one. So with, with a course, I feel like I can kind of also build um, more of that, getting to know me and, and likability and all of that. And I think that'll be a really good feeder into one-on-one. And I like the waitlist idea because, you know, then I can keep them engaged and have people who I know are interested in working on one-on-one and kind of have that list so that when I do open spots, I can go to
0: them. Yeah. Listen, I think it's just about like making what mm-hmm. works for you work. I think like to give you a little bit of a hard time there, like you're right and like the whole edge for you and your business has been about making it right. about what works for you and not just what, what yes, serves other people, true. right? So what works is like it works to build up interest so that when you're ready to take one-on-one, you have more yeah. people there yeah. to pull from because ultimately like in terms of like monetary goals, that still really serves the yeah. ultimate purpose. So, so it's like not mm-hmm. one or the other, right? Or it's not like, you know, oh, like I should be impacting more. Like I just want to like mm-hmm. say yes yeah. and, right? Like what we really want to make sure is that like you're mm-hmm. set up for that when on the other side of this much effort too. Does that make sense? Okay, so one of the things I was calling Rachel out on a little bit here was just that idea of make it work for you, right? So I'm certainly not saying don't make an impact. I think it is so wildly important that we care about the impact we're making in business, but don't feel like it can't be about you too, because that's when you're going to make the biggest impact. What I have found to be true over and over again in my business is that when I let it be about me and the work that I love to do and how I love to show up each day in my business, I make a much bigger impact than if I'm trying to force myself into something. So obviously, Rachel is doing a really, really great job here of making things work for her above and beyond what she has ever let herself do. So we're wildly excited for her there, but just really important to keep noticing how sometimes... Especially if we're, you know, caregivers, like we've talked about so much with Rachel, it's so easy to be like, okay, well, I should do this so I can like impact more people versus like, I'm going to do this right now because it makes the most sense for me and for my family and I'm going to feel the best and when I feel the best, things happen more in terms of impact and growth in my business. So just a little note there, I think Rachel is really doing great with both of those things. But for yourself, if you're someone who kind of tends to think way more about other people and the impact, I totally get it. And again, like that's why so many of us went into business and it's so valuable. And the more you make it about what feels good to you and what serves you, the more sustainable your business is and the more your impact will ultimately be. So keep that in mind, check in with yourself on that speech yeah. Yeah. That does. That makes a lot of sense. So, like, 100% to the impact. But, like, mm-hmm. I just want you to keep your eyes on you sometimes, too. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. I'm –
1: guess You totally called me up. Which you are, though. <laughs> like, I mean, I think you
0: are, right? Like, you're yeah. saying, like, I can't just overwork right now. So, I'm not, like, saying that you're not. But just, you see what I mean. There's just, like, a, a small perspective there.
1: Yeah, definitely. and And I think I – you know, I totally do that. And I think – Sometimes I still make myself wrong for like, oh, well, I should be figuring out how I can have a bunch of one-on-one spots open and, and I should be selling those. And, but it's just not like right now, I don't know how I would do that because I can barely like get to the computer once a day.
0: (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) And listen, I think that like when when you don't know where it would fit, which is mm-hmm. something we've played with a lot, yeah, you're going to hold yourself back, you know. So like it's it's really being smart to say like, hey, I can just see how that's an area that like if I absolutely had to, I could probably figure it out. And like it just doesn't make sense for me right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it's not so like true. a you're inadequate and not figuring it out and you should and whatever. It's more just like a, I can see how that would be such a heavy lift and so hard for me to even sell because, quite frankly, it would overwhelm me, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I – you know, I want to do
1: – like, I want one-on-one to both be something that I can do and also, you know, be – so that I can, I can actually serve my clients. Cause if I sell a ton of one-on-one, like it's not serving either of us. If mm-hmm. I can't, if I can't show up, totally mm-hmm. you know? so, you know, I've, I'm feeling a lot better about kind of scaling that down for the time being. And, and I love the waitlist idea because then, you know, I will be able to pull from that.
0: Yeah. Listen, I think that. There's something to be said for, like, if you build up interest and serve your people really well, like, that's all you need, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, if you effectively showed up, served them really well, got people on a wait list, connected with them, like, did all of that, like, front-end stuff for the next couple months, which obviously I know that takes time and we can talk about that too. Mm -hmm. But, like, that's an insurance policy for the latter stuff. What most people do is almost the opposite kind of thing, like – we come out and want to like sell immediately and then we feel super stressed if it doesn't happen versus being like, what if I did the slow burn and built the wait list And then you know in January, if I have a wait list of you know, I mean whatever, like even 30 people, right? Mm-hmm. I'm in such a different position like that is so worth it. So I think that you're you're doing the the smart thing that feels like a slow burn, but that over time like, makes everything easier. Like that's when launching doesn't feel hard. That's when it feels worth it. All that kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That, that feels really good. And, um, I think for a long time I was really resistant to it because I thought like, Oh gosh, I just, I've got to book out one-on-one right now. And, you know, that might've been realistic last year, but this year
0: (laughs) right now, today, it's just not, not where I am. So, Totally. And again, like you were saying, it doesn't mean it couldn't be where you're at exactly. in three months or maybe in three months you don't want to be there and you get to keep deciding. But the insurance policy for all of that is always like, are you connecting yeah. and building yeah. your audience? Mm-hmm. Right? So that's really where we can kind of like shift to and put the focus on because that will be the yeah determiner of whatever you want to do. Does that make sense? One of the most important things we can ever do in our business is build the relationships, right? Like the audience and the connections, that is your insurance policy, right? So how we were talking about with Rachel, like just building That audience and those connections for the next few months. I think that we sometimes in the online space, I think, try to make it so much more complicated than that, or we try to make it about processes or platforms or things like that. You know, like, oh, your insurance policy is your email list. Well, not really. It's the people on it. (laughs) like, Or it's, you know, having the perfect Facebook ads funnel. Well, not really. It's the people who go through it, right? And so... You know, just remembering that like the connections and the depth of the relationships you make with other people are always, always going to be the biggest determining factor of your business. And so anytime you're kind of in a waiting period or only have time to do so much or any of those things, like always go back to that. Building the audience and connections is the thing. That's the insurance policy. That's what always works. That's what's always going to work. And so even, you know, with like the stories or whatever with Rachel, it's like, it is about that and it's not, it's about the connections formed through that. So that's just the way in which she's doing it right now, but it still goes back to that. And so if you're at that point in your business where you're almost wanting it to be about something more than that, like the the email list or the funnel or how well your ad is doing or whatever. Not that those don't matter or relevant factors, but just keep remembering it's really about the basics of building that audience, those connections, those relationships. Those are all just tools to do it. And over time, the tools may change and evolve. And over time, you may decide to change how you're doing that. But fundamentally, it will always come back to that and it will always come down to that. So for me, that really simplifies things and it makes me feel really secure in my business because I know that that's always going to be my focus. So I just hope this conversation did the same for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. So tell me where you're at with that. Like I know VA was doing a lot. I know last time we kind of talked about just repurpose content, like as long as it's still getting out there, like tell me where you're feeling with that now.
1: Yeah, so I have, I've still actually for the past few weeks been um repurposing content, but it's been getting a lot of engagement, which has been exciting. So good. See. Um, It makes me feel better because I think, you know, we get so sick of our own content sometimes because we see a lot, but totally. I have to remind myself like the algorithm, you know, people aren't seeing it all the time the first time. And so they're, you know, they're seeing it for the first time. And so, um. That has been exciting to see because, you know, I think there was like, oh, I'm just repurposing content. I'm not writing anything new, which we talked about last time. But then it was really um great to see that like, oh, well, it's actually still working and I'm still building an audience and like people are engaging and I just need to be better at engaging back because <laughs> I don't always have time <laughs> to reply to every comment and That might be something I pull the VA in on to help with, too. Because, you know, as much as I would like to reply to everything myself, I think, you know, as long as they understand how I would reply, it might be helpful to have them help with some engagement, too. Um, I don't know.
0: (laughs) I think that fully makes sense. I mean... That's all we're trying to do all the time, and this is helpful to see, which is just basically be like, Mm -hmm. what's the next problem to solve, right? And it's like, well, if I want to, like, keep building on what I've built, the next problem to solve is how am Mm -hmm. I engaging back with the people that are really liking this stuff, right? So that's all it is, like, is just kind of going back to that, like, okay, cool, like, what's the next problem? And if I can't do it, then it might be the VA, right? That's okay.
1: And that like I feel really good. I think it's been helpful to have the VA do like repurpose my content and blog post like turn blog posts into social media cuz I've sort of got a taste of how she would do that and and she keeps my voice really well and so you know, I feel confident that she could help with that. Um but I do want to start writing um mm-hmm. some new content, but I also feel like with this course it kind of gives me a framework to to easily write content also. Cause there's content that I can take from my old course and turn into content um that speaks to to the different modules in this course and um then just depending on when, you know, mm-hmm. I need to put together a timeline on on when to start selling it and and that'll kind of guide when I'm writing also. So I feel like it'll be easy. Again, it's just like the initial hurdle of getting all my thoughts down on paper, like the outline and framework and timeline on paper. And then um, I feel like writing will probably be a little easier and I'll just need to schedule that. Or just be ready to—I don't know when I'll do it. When I have a nanny, I think that's when I'll when I'll be able to actually be writing more new stuff, which so will hopefully be December first. I'll have a nanny. But.
0: Yeah. Well, that might just be like uh, an easy decision point where, like, I know this is something we've talked about at 10 and just like removing decision fatigue. So it might be like I'll start writing when I get the nanny. Then when Mm -hmm. I start writing, I'll write one module and one piece of content that associates with that topic every
1: week. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Like, do you see what I mean? How you can almost, like, pre-make all of those decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that.
0: So that every day you're not like, should I start writing new content today? Or once you start, you're not like, yeah, but should I write the course content or should I write – Mm -hmm. new content. You're like, nope, I'm not starting till I get the nanny. And then once I get the nanny, I'm going to write one piece for this and one piece for that every week done. And like, that's how you can kind of like, like start to feel good too. Right. Cause you're like, oh, I'm like actually doing what I say I'm going to do kind of thing. And it really works that way instead of sort of like almost it feeling like a gas and then feeling like it wasn't enough. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah,
1: totally. No, that's really helpful. And I mean, even like thinking about it a second ago, it's was like, when am I going to do this? And yeah, it's just making the decision of like, okay, I'll get the nanny and then, and then it's doable, you know, then it's one piece of content, the module. Yeah. It's just, it's easier to, to plan it, <laughs> to make those decisions now. So I'm not having to in the moment. And I would love to say that I could start writing content tomorrow, but my days are just so up in the air. I'm even getting on the phone today.
0: <laughs> it's like
1: a <laughs> miracle. <laughs> so,
0: Yeah. But listen, I think like this is the value of what we had talked about before is the business is always going to be there. So how do I let that mm-hmm. be okay and make decisions, you know, like more in alignment with that instead of the like, yeah, I have to figure this out kind of thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So like you don't have to write new content now. Your content is getting great engagement. All you have to do is figure Mm -hmm. out like how do we engage back? And you already have a solution to that. So like that's so good to see, right? And then you have to figure out, well, then how do I get more time? You already have a solution to that. The nanny is coming. Then you're like, okay, well, then how do I use that time once I get the nanny? You already have a decision for that, right? Which is Mm
1: -hmm. I
0: use that time to write one module to write some new content. Does that feel true when I say it like that? or? yeah
1: no, it definitely feels true, and you know I think back to when I made my first course, and I think I just like tore my hair out trying to get it done, and this feels so much better and and like it's just easier already mm-hmm.
0: so. yeah, and I think that you know the the easier <laughs> it feels, the easier it comes out, which sounds stupid. Mm-hmm. But do you know what I mean? Like, if you were trying to do it, like, tomorrow, I guarantee yes. that it would feel real tough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> when you're like, okay, I'm, like, just going to, like, give myself grace and wait till the nanny starts. Then we're in a different mm-hmm. – in a different place. And, and, like, if you get inspired or whatever, I'm not saying don't write something if you can, but, like, mm-hmm. it's just without the pressure, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: And you know, I'll have ideas for things and kind of jot them down, but yeah, it it just takes off a lot of the pressure and I mean, the other area it, that I've sort of given myself grace on right now is stories. Cuz I recorded enough for for a month of maternity leave and then didn't have anything after that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I'll just record some more." And then real life hit me <laughs> with the baby. So, you know, I think that right now I've just sort of been getting on when I can and when when it feels good and when I have the time or if I'm like outside with my daughter and holding the baby in the carrier and like then I'll hop on stories. But um I think that too, the stories part is going to have to pick up again once the nanny comes. But I do want to keep kind of pre-recording stuff so that I can keep pushing that too to the VA to just make that easier because it was so easy when I was on maternity leave. I'd be like, oh, look, there's my story I recorded. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> look at me. I'm so good. Well, a couple of things I would say to that. One is that um you can always even, I mean, I know it was only like a month, but like Don't even hesitate to just, like, reshare them. It's not like everyone saw every story. That's true. So that's something to keep in mind, too. And you might even just tell your audience that, like, hey, guys, I'm taking a little more maternity leave. But resharing a lot of these stories, because even if you caught them the first time, I know you're going to need to hear it a second. If you missed it the first time, this is super important information. Whatever. Like, you can give that perspective. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like sometimes, you know, we can get sort of hard on ourselves and think, like, well, it has to be new or it's not valuable. And I feel like you're sort of in a season where it's almost trying to, like, lean into the opposite, where it's, like, the showing up is kind of the key, even if we're repeating all of the same – Like, because if you Mm – you're saying nanny is less than a month out, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like – You got a month, roll with those, right? Okay, so very much to the last point I made, and I think this is the really, really perfect takeaway from this, which is the goal is just to show up, right? This is what most people miss. Like, so I was saying before, like the foundation and the insurance policy is the relationships and connections. And so (laughs) to connect it, the goal is just to show up because that's how you build those, right? So it's just like any relationship in your life. Even if you're showing up imperfectly, showing up is still really, really important. Not showing up is much more difficult for a relationship, right? And so the same is true with your audience. Like the goal is just to show up. And this is what most people miss. We make it about so many other things. It's about the plan or you know, what content should go out when, or what are we allowed to repurpose? What are we not? All of these things, right? And so to just really simplify it, the goal is just to show up because the ultimate thing is those relationships and connections. And if those things work together, your business will grow. I promise you. If we're making it about, like I was saying before, like, oh, it has to be about the list in this specific way, or it's about stories, but I can't repurpose them. So it's like, I can't show up because I don't have da, 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 whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just not about that. It's just to show up. So even if you're showing up with repurposed content, you're doing the best you can. Like that show up is still so freaking valuable. And we just find it so easy to forget that, to overcomplicate that, to think it's, All about these complicated plans or, you know, certain ways we have to use platforms, et cetera, et cetera. It's not. It's just to show up. So, just really want to tie those things together for you here because again, What I want you to see here is that permission that even when you're in a super, super challenging season in terms of having the time to build or grow your business, if you just default to the idea that it's about the relationship and my goal is just to show up, things truly will get easier for you and you will be able to navigate through that time. When it feels like there are all these other things on top of that, that's when it starts to feel overwhelming. So whether you're in a challenging season now too, in terms of being able to show up or whether you've just been overcomplicating it. I really hope that gives you a new frame to look at it through this week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel it. That feels good too. And, and it makes total sense. I mean, it's just what we said about content. Like the content that I'm repurposing is getting a lot of engagement. And so, you know, this might get a lot of engagement putting it out on stories again, too, for the folks that haven't seen it or did see it the first time and, and didn't, you know, comment or get something new from it. So
0: for sure. And I think like, especially with, well, with anything, Mm -hmm. but let's say, especially with something like, you know, money where I'm trying to like learn a whole new way of thinking about it or perspective or whatever, like it's never going to be harmful for me to hear it twice. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. I pretty much say the same thing about business all the time, but like people need to hear it over and over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So true. So yeah, 100% to just like, and I think like, like such a good edge for you almost, mm-hmm. right? To have to lean into of like, oh, that's like totally okay. Like it can be fine that I need more time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And you know, it's funny cause it's like people are going to be like, oh, you posted that already. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Totally. But, yeah. And, and it's nice that it is a month out, hopefully, all fingers and toes crossed that we have a nanny by December 1st. But, you know, it is nice to have all of that content there. And, and they've already done a lot of the work on like making it look pretty and adding all the captions and all of that. So it's like yeah. easy for my VA to just repurpose it too,
0: like even better, right? And it's like less less Mm -hmm. expense for you because she's not having to redo all of those. It's like literally Mm -hmm. just throwing them up there. Yeah. That makes me feel really good.
1: I'm all about easy and (laughs) it feels easy.
0: Yeah. And then like, you know, you, you might always recycle back to them too. Like I'm just making this separate, but it could be like, um, I do these for a month and I pre-record a bunch when I have the nanny and then maybe um, I repurpose them again two months later, and then I repurpose. Like you can mm-hmm. constantly keep doing yeah. this. You yeah. know what I mean?
1: And that might be something to talk about later on. Um, it's just like because I know you're good at it too. Is like, how often do you repurpose? Like, do you have it on a schedule? Like, because I'm creating all of this content, it's all gonna get repurposed at some time. But that's a conversation for another day. <laughs>
0: You're like, I can't even process that right now. No, totally. I mean, listen, I think that, um, that's definitely something we can look at in the future, but I feel like for right now, it's, it's like your whole goal is just show up. So whatever needs to happen for Mm -hmm. that, if we need to repurpose the stories, that kind of thing, like doing that is what's going to make it so that you're in a point or at a sales point when the course launches. So you just keep doing that and then we'll worry about the rest later. That sounds good. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. I know you have to uh, jump right off, so I'm going to let you go. But keep me posted. Reach out to me in Basecamp. Give yourself permission not to write for a little bit, and we'll go from there. Sounds good. Thank you. Right. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living led up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset strategy and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.